With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Cockiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We're debuting the FFPC Genesis Draft tonight. And uh, you know what? The buzzle meter is live and in effect, so stay tuned. 60 seconds. Red versus blue. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. I paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes. Oh, yeah. You gotta love this song. I've had my Genesis of last year's FFPC Genesis League. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mr. Michael Trent. And, Mike, before we start, you know, the buzzer meter was live and in effect last week. It was so large that the show didn't even archive, thanks to the friends at Blog Talk Radio. So we had to come up with a fitting sound effect for the buzzer meter. 
And uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna try them out here one after another uh, the next couple of weeks until and let the fans kind of decide what the uh, what the fitting buzzometer track is. But but Mike, uh, here we go. Buzzometer uh, test number one sound effect. Uh, first first debut of, of the buzzometer uh, test sound effect. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, actually, uh, thank goodness uh, I don't have to hear those uh, lights or hear the hear the sound or uh, see the lights uh, because I don't drive while I'm drinking, which is a good testament for everybody out there. Um, but that was good. That was good. I, I love it, and uh, I'm enjoyed to uh, – you know, be with you and uh, be with you part of the show. Uh, Buzzometer tonight is at a five, not a twelve, a five. But uh, we're looking forward to uh, a lot of talk on. Uh, you know, for for a change, I think we may talk some uh, redraft. Uh, and instead of uh, dynasty, we've been talking dynasty for the last three or four weeks. Uh, so we may talk redraft, but uh, who knows? By the time the end of the show, that buzzer meter may be up to a 7, 8, 9, 10. But tonight, it's a 5. No problem. Hey, we got a full chat room tonight also. Uh, Chef Paul, War Kittens, Prognosticator, Leroy's Aces, and Dale708. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. Uh, the phone number to call in is 347-324-5404. You know, we're going to make this show about the FFPC Genesis Draft. This was the first ever draft conducted at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, www.theffpc.com, one of the big dogs in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And uh, they're going to have their draft again this year, uh, the big main event. Uh, But uh, last night was the story of the Genesis League, Mike. The first-ever league drafted last May, uh, the return of King Genesis. And uh, all the casual, uh, diehard uh, players of the FFPC were in this thing. And we've got uh, this this next hour, we're just going to talk about this draft. Um, to be honest with you, we've been talking Dynasty uh, for the last month or so with the draft, you know, leading up to all the hype. And, yeah, you know, it got us prepared to look at the rookies and everything. But last night wasn't about rookies. Last night was about redraft and uh, draft position, uh, where you're going to take your, your guy I had the two spot. I was fortunate enough to have the two spots, so I, I knew I was going to get a good player there. And I went into this draft thinking, you know what, I'm going to take my guy, uh, and he'll be there. He probably will overpay for him a little bit. Uh, for everybody at home, you can check out the the draft uh, that we had last night at www.redbluesports.blogspot.com. Uh, we've got our uh, we've got the draft uh, posted over at the blog, redbluesports.blogspot.com. You can check out the draft, Mike. And uh, this draft uh, went, uh, you know, I, I felt pretty good about it. The FFPC is one of those leagues where the tight end scoring gets one and a half points per reception, Mike. So it's uh, it's one of those leagues that it doesn't always look good on paper, but we're talking about points. And with the tight ends getting one and a half, it really changes things up. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, just to get, uh, get that extra half a point, Every time, I mean, just over and over again throughout the course of the season, I mean, I mean that's going to mean a heck of a lot. This uh, this redraft uh, this year is going to uh, 
you know, it's so different than what it used to be because you had your locked-in player, you had your locked-in running back or wide receiver, and, uh, you know, you pretty much plugged them in. Now it's like, well, now wait a second. I need to, I need to figure out a tight end to where I need to get them locked in, whether it be round uh, two or three, uh, to figure out what you want to go with. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at a different draft than you are, Scott. But I, I think I am. But uh, it's, uh, it's pretty wild who went one, two, three. Yep, this draft uh, started off, and, you know, the conventional wisdom says Adrian Peterson at the beginning of your redraft. Uh, this draft, Chef Paul decides to take Maurice Jones-Drew in a, a, a one-man show, it, it would appear, uh, with the one pick. And a little bit surprising, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that I have in my top three, so I can I can definitely see Maurice Jones-Drew um, being number one uh, as, as these years or as the year progresses. Uh, in the FFPC format. The number two pick uh, comes around, and it's Michael Turner over Adrian Peterson. Mike, I took a lot of heat for that last night, but I stepped out on my ledge, and I, and I, and I like what we saw out of Michael Turner last year with the carries, the touchdowns, the improved offense. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan and Michael Turner have really redefined that offense, and the, with the addition of Tony Gonzalez, I just thought that, you know, we've talked about how that opens up the middle. His yards per carry should probably increase with the addition of Gonzo. And, uh, you know, the other factor that went into that was Adrian Peterson and in, in, in the cuff. And, you know, obviously if you have Adrian Peterson, you have to, uh, you have to back him up. Uh, Chester Taylor is that backup. And I thought that I would be paying a higher price for the backup of, of Chester Taylor than where he went in the draft. And surprisingly, Chester went in the 10th round. And I think, you know, I don't know, I was, I was kind of expecting him to go a little bit earlier than that um, to, to secure him. And, and I think whip, uh, whipping post the three pick, he had Adrian Peterson, and he waited and waited and waited. And I said, man, when is he going to take this guy? And he took him in the – he waited until the 10th round. So he really got good value um, by by backing up Adrian Peterson. Didn't have to do it until the 10th. Um, I really, I'll tell you what, Scott, I really have a problem with uh, taking Michael Turner that early uh, sure. ahead of Adrian Peterson or even Matt Forte. Uh, the reason is because – I'm I'm concerned, not really concerned, but you know I think Matt Ryan is the real deal in Atlanta, but it never fails that uh, you know a quarterback or a wide receiver or running running back, whatever position they are, they have a sophomore slump, and I'm really concerned about the sophomore slump. If he has that in Atlanta, uh, then Michael Turner he he might have a hard time running the ball because. They might be coming from behind, and that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, I, I think I would have gone Adrian Peterson, uh, even Matt Forte, but uh, you know, you know, it's your pick, yeah. and uh, it, it's the way you got to go. Uh, the hot team right now is Atlanta because of uh, Matt Ryan and Michael Turner and what they're doing, but and the wide receivers. But I'm 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 worried about the uh, sophomore slump. Okay, well, you know, Dave's giving me a little bit of heat here in the chat room, and just just looking at the <laughs> Turner as a six-year back, Mike, uh, Forte was not an option for me. I'm not going to take a rookie. Uh, no, 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 no. I know Turner's a six-year back. I'm talking about Matt Ryan being a sophomore slump at quarterback, yeah. and when things can't, when things don't get going, they can't go the running game. That's okay. what I'm talking about. Okay, well, 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 Dave, uh, Dave, take that. 
Mike, Mike, back it up. Mike, that was. Good. I mean, I, I mean, that. really, I mean, if if you have no if you have no throwing game with Matt Ryan being back there, you have no running game, and 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 the game is over. So okay, well, Ryan made it happen for Atlanta, so to where Michael Turner could run the ball. Purely from a statistical standpoint, uh, Adrian Peterson is a beast. Uh, Michael Turner uh, was impressive too. Uh, he was the entire offense. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna let Matt Ryan, regardless of the year he had last year, he didn't. He, he just. He just controlled the game. He's not putting up tons of stats. A sophomore slump would be if you were gonna carry your team. But Matt Ryan just really doesn't make mistakes, and he just takes care of the team. This is Michael Turner's team as far as the offense is concerned. 377 carries. 1,700 yards, very comparable to Adrian Peterson. The touchdown, 17 to 10, almost doubled the touchdown. So even if he has a, a reduction, he's okay there. The only difference is the receptions. Uh, six receptions, he's not involved in the passing game, uh, to 21 receptions for Adrian Peterson. So when you look at that, okay, you know, he's getting 15 more receptions. That's equivalent to two, two-and-a-half touchdowns. Uh, and, and, if they, and if they continue to improve, and I, and I look at the additions of Gonzo as an improvement for uh, Michael Turner. I don't know what's going to go on with Adrian Peterson. We have a different quarterback. We think it might be better. We're not for sure. And Adrian Peterson hasn't been, you know, exactly, uh, you know, what we call somebody you could count on. Um, it just just hasn't really put the entire season together due to injuries, a little, a little here and there. Kind of like I, I, I totally disagree with you. I totally disagree with you. Uh, I'm talking about the Atlanta situation. If if Michael Turner, Michael Turner, he can run all he wants, uh, but the, the main thing is uh, Matt Ryan, he has to make sure that they're doing all the right things to where Michael Turner is not in a third and six or uh, the offense is not in a third and six all the time. They were in a third and six a very few times last year, which meant that Michael Turner was in a second and four, run the ball. Next thing you know, 17, 20-yard carry, 17, 20-yard carry. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to change, but I really think that uh, uh, defenses are, are they're going to catch on to Michael Turner, which if they haven't already, they will. Uh, they're going to catch on to him, and uh, they're going to catch on to Matt Ryan. And next thing you know, they're dealing with uh, second and 11, second and 12, uh, third and 13, and they're going to be – they're going to be coming out of a, a a hole that I don't think they can get out of. Now, I'm not saying, you know, definitely that that's going to happen, but I definitely think uh, – oh, come Time's on up. now. Now, wait a second. Did I say definitely too much? <laughs> Time's up, Mike. <laughs> Time's up. 347-324-5404, Mike, uh, is the number. And, you know, the bottom line is in the first round, you really can't go wrong with any of those guys up there. It's – it's it's uh. It, you know, it's it's Frank the one half a dozen of another. You could take MJD there. You could take Turner. You could take Adrian Peterson, Forte. Um, let, let's continue down the draft here. Uh, no picks that surprise me until you get to Andre Johnson here in the uh, in the sixth pick. Uh, pretty big pick for um, the for, for the sixth pick overall, especially for a receiver that hasn't had a history of staying healthy. 
And let's see, as we go on here, we had LaDainian Tomlinson. Scott shows up, uh, New Jersey show. He shows up with LaDainian Tomlinson as the fifth pick. Uh, it's not uh, not exactly been a picture of health uh, finishing up the season last year. Last year. Mike, you still with me? Yeah, barely. I, I didn't catch the last uh, probably 30 seconds. Okay, well, I'm not sure if the, uh, if the room, if, if something aired out there. Uh, we're talking about the, the FFPC Genesis draft. We've got Michael Trent with us. We've got uh, the, the FFPC crew in the chat room, and we're talking uh, the FFPC Genesis draft. We're, in the, we're looking at the first round. Uh, a couple of surprises here. LT going at five. Andre Johnson, six. Steve Slayton at seven. 4D takes Steve Slayton. And, uh, you know, Slayton's one of those guys that has explosive upside. It has LT-type player written all over him. D'Angelo Williams-type player, just a real explosive back. Size seems to be the problem. The, the coaching staff uh, with – Kubiak and those guys, I think they, uh, they, they're, they're a little worried that uh, he's not going to be able to carry the load. Uh, and don't be surprised if one of these backs they sign uh, to the practice squads, um, you know, for training camp might be able to, uh, might be able to help out and, and take some carries away from Slayton. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Tommy takes Larry Fitzgerald. No, 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 nothing wrong with that. Steven Jackson falls. Um, you know, just, just seeing Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson I'm, falls to nine. I mean, yeah. You can't complain about Steven Jackson falling to nine if you're in the nine spot. Oh no, I'm really surprised with that, Scott. In a redraft league, uh, you got one year. You got Steven Jackson at nine. Absolutely, I, I would take him uh, any time, uh, and I think it'd be uh, very solid. I, matter of fact, I think I would t- I would take him ahead of Westbrook and uh, some of these uh, some of these others. Uh, but uh, that surprises me that Steven Jackson would fall that far. And uh, but uh, I'll tell you one that uh, looks very 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 live is uh, Brandon Jacobs definitely. All right, well we'll get to that. We're looking at um, so so anyway we've we're, we're, we've got uh, Brian Westbrook dropping to ten right after Stephen Jackson. Both of those guys got to be you know ecstatic about getting Stephen Jackson, Brian Westbrook, and Frank Gore. Look look at the entire first round. You're happy with any player you get there in the first round. So let's look at the second round. Uh, Kittens looks at, uh, he has Gore and he has the return of Tom Brady, so he feels good about Randy Moss. Nothing wrong with that. Bingers uh, brings on Calvin Johnson. Uh, with this format, again, one and a half points per reception for tight ends. I was going to take Witten if he was there. I didn't think he would be. And so he goes at 2-3, Mike. Um, nothing wrong with, J- with, with Jason Witten in this format. One and a half uh, catches per, uh, one and a half points per reception. Uh, you could look at, uh, you know, a, a Witten-type guy getting 80, 90 balls and, you know, just add a, add, a, add another 40 or 45 catches to that, and that's the type of player you're getting there. Um, I'll tell you what, I mean, in that situation, could could you have gotten Reggie Wayne maybe and then uh, and then held off for maybe uh, Antonio Gates? Well, I think, the, I think the questions surrounding Antonio Gates would, would be the same as they were last year. You know, is he – is he the same player that he once was? He looked it in the playoffs. He played through pain when he had to, and I like to see that. But, you know, Jason Witten is the type of guy that, that again, is going to get you 80, 80 catches on a bad team uh, in a bad year. Um, and, and now with the loss of Owens, with the loss of Owens, Witten could get 100 catches. He was at 96 two years ago. So he's the type of guy that could get you 150 catches. I think Witten's value is extremely high uh, in this format. And, you know, looking at that draft board, um, 
you know, Corks has to be happy getting Westbrook and Witten combined. You know, could be looking at, uh, you know, 100, 100 catches from Witten and, you know, 70 catches from a healthy Brian Westbrook. I mean, really right out of the gate with two superb players. So uh, that draft is shaping up uh, to be a force. Uh, moving on with the draft, Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith was another guy I was targeting, hoping he would fall. Uh, D'Angelo comes along, nothing real surprising here. Barber, Roddy White. Uh, there's a pick that might bother you, Mike. Roddy White at uh, two 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 eight. Yeah, two eight. Uh, backing up Ladanian Tomlinson in the first round with Roddy White. So uh, definitely an upside player there. But if you have any fears with Matt Ryan, then you know then you obviously wouldn't want Roddy White that high. What about um, Colson? I mean, okay, Mark. Yeah, Colson's coming up. Uh, let's back. Drew Brees. Uh, Throwing to him, like you said, I mean, I, I'm in. I, I, I'm like you. I'm in love with Drew Brees, and uh, I love the way he uh, spreads it around. Uh, is Colson going to come back solid and be a, a 16-week player this year? Moving on with Drew Brees, uh, that's a that's a real high pick for Drew Brees, considering, uh, and that's Team Thompson. He knows what he's doing. So, um, Drew Brees at two. Nine uh, is a little early in this format. Anquan Bolden, Clinton Portis. I'm coming up on the clock, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at what's there. I've got Colston staring at me. Dwayne Bow were really the two guys. I had Greg Jennings there. I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get one of those wide receivers, Jennings, Bow, and Colston. They're all right there, uh, but I could guarantee myself with a running back. And in this draft class, I really felt like a wide receiver would would be available if I wanted it with. Uh, I, I, wide receiver just looks like a deep position to me. Uh, I can play matchups and, and, and get some good good points out of wide receivers. So I, I really wanted to secure another running back. In this format, again, you can start four running backs. Uh, you only right. have to start two wide receivers. So I've already, I'm, I'm already guaranteed one of Colston, Bo, or Jennings. So I went ahead and looked at Portis as a safe play. He's sitting there on the clock, and uh, I went ahead and snagged him, Mike. He wasn't a guy that uh, I had any intention of drafting. He's not a guy that I, I look forward to drafting. But with him sitting there, I, I thought to myself, okay, Washington did absolutely nothing to take the ball out of Clinton Portis's hands uh, in the offseason. He had 340 attempts last year. That's like third highest in the league, 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, 30 receptions. He's just an all-around back. He basically is the Redskins' uh, offense. And, you know, He's still young. He's not uh, for his. I mean, he's he's old on carries, but he's he's young with age. I mean, he came into the league very young, and I, I don't see much changing for Portis. I think he's a safe type of top ten, top fifteen back. Yeah, and you know what, Scott? I want to thank you <laughs> because he is he's a top uh, he's a top fifteen back in my opinion uh, for the next couple years, uh, but for this year, no doubt he's he's probably. Probably a top twelve back because of what he does and uh, the way he the way he goes about things. He can uh, catch the ball every once in a while when he needs to, but uh, inside the ten to get you some fantasy points, uh, he's going to do it. Clinton Porras, they're going to give it, and uh, he might get some uh, you know twenty thirty yard runs to the end zone. So there's a lot of things that are uh, very uh, very positive about Clinton Portis. Well, and I got the got him at a, a RB14 price too. So you know, RB14 is about where he belongs, and it's a safe 
uh, it's a safe starting play. Obviously, I could have taken a wide receiver there, but then I'm looking at what running backs are going to be left at that point, and my RB2 would have been a Joseph Adai at, or a Jonathan Stewart. Uh, every week I would have had to have started a Joseph Adai or a Jonathan Stewart-type player uh, in the draft because at that point you're coming back. You're waiting all the way uh, to about pick 47 right. uh, for your for for RB2, and I didn't want to be waiting until – Pick forty-seven for my RB two. If I was at a different spot in the draft, then maybe I, maybe I'd take two wideouts. But I really wanted to get that RB two secured. Well, Scott, let me ask you a real quick question. Um, you're an Indy. Uh, you hear the scuttlebutt, so to speak, on uh, Joseph Adai and what's going on. Uh, is is he going to be the man in Indy right now at running back? I mean, I hear he is, but uh, there's uh, there's been a lot of stuff. Uh, that I've been hearing about uh, what's going on at the running back situation at Indy. Well, Mike, uh, I wish I knew, man. It's um, you know, it, it's looking all like all accounts that they're going to give Donald Brown uh, carries as well. They'll probably phase him in. A dial get his. It's just going to be one of those uh, you know two headed attacks, and and you know. Adai didn't do much with the carries that he had last year. If he was in the, in the end zone, uh, he, he wasn't getting in there very often. And I, and I, I think a lot of the Colts fans hadn't given up, but it seemed like the, the coaching staff had for some reason. And I don't know. I, I like to think that it was a lot of schedule involved with, with the Joseph Adai situation last year. They had a brutal schedule. We all knew that was coming. It was going to be very hard on the Colts, and they played tremendously to get to the get to the playoffs through that schedule. Um, but uh, they, they – they took a first-round running back for a reason, Mike. Uh, when they yeah. could have addressed so many other needs, um, they they really felt like Donald they Brown took, was, a, was uh, a talent. Well, they took a second-round running back uh, the year before. You know, it, it just seems like the league has changed in the way they approach as far as running backs because it is becoming a running back by committee, and that's just the way it is uh, as far as – you better have a second running back when you're redrafting, or whether it's dynasty or what have you. Uh, you better have a second, a backup, and that's something that I've learned uh, to secure and uh, make sure that you're going to be fine with whatever team it is that that you have that beginning running back. You better have that uh, that backup. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. And Mike, gosh darn it, I forgot to play uh, my sound clip before my draft pick. So I'm coming up here at the three two, and uh, let's let's see, King Genesis is coming up on the clock. Okay, King Genesis is on the clock at three two, and and obviously Bo and Jennings go just like he predicted they would. Uh, to Chef Paul. Chef Paul's having a great draft, uh, but at 3-2, uh, King Genesis selects Marquez Colston. Obviously, with the injuries, uh, injuries are a concern with Marquez Colston anytime you draft him, but what I look at is the quarterback situation. I have no qualms, no issues uh, drafting a, a wide receiver one on the best quarterback in the league, and that's what you're getting with Marquez Colston. Uh, you're getting Drew Brees. Um, and if he's healthy, again, that's that's the big if. But uh, he put up uh, pretty respectable numbers uh, by missing half the season uh, thereabouts last year. So I, I look for, you know, a 90-catch type of season out of Colson if he's healthy. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, 
But I got a question for you. Can can TJ Hushmanzada? This is one that I've been targeting in in Seattle. Can he score more points uh, in a redraft league than Colson? Why? That, with Matt Hasselbeck, that'd be a no. <laughs> well, Matt Hasselbeck has no, no, has no help in the running game, so I don't see why they, they won't do the exact same thing as they did last year. Uh, if you have no threat of a, a running game, they're just going to draw back and they're going to play coverage with you all game. And, and they, they did nothing to address their, their running back position at all, and that's the weakness of their team. It just didn't make a lot of sense at all. So, What's yeah, New Orleans got as a running game? Come on. What 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 do they have? I mean, they fade out. They fade out. They go run straight up the middle for about three yards. Mike, and next Mike, you, Drew you, Brees you're, debating, you're debating whether or not Drew Brees gets the job done. Does Drew Brees, Drew Brees get the job done? He's the best player in the NFL at the quarterback position. So you, Drew Brees know, will no get the job there. done. You're asking me if, if, if they have any running back potential. They don't. Michael Bush, or I mean Reggie Bush, whoop he do. I mean, he's going to get some done, but he does most of his damage out of the backfield. Well, it doesn't matter. The defense respects it, Mike. So <laughs> you, you've got quarterback. You've got a successful quarterback system there with that backfield intact. So for for whatever reason, they've got defenses playing them honestly. Whereas Seattle showed last year, nobody's going to play them honest. They're going to drop back, and they're not going to worry about that offensive line or the running back situation. It doesn't scare them. So. Um, I don't know. Well, both I mean, of, both of them going against soft schedules, so you know who know who knows what's going to happen. I mean, both of them are going against soft schedules. Well, I haven't even analyzed it that that deep, to be honest with you. I just I just don't I just don't see. I mean, Husmanzada and, and Cincy is a different story, and and I'm not sure where I look. But look, but let's see where he goes. Tom Brady goes at three three, Mike, and that's the return of Tom Brady. So let's see what he does. Another tight end comes off the board with Dallas Clark. I like what Team Thompson's uh, putting together there. Drew Brees was a was was a pick there that you have to to man up and take, and he, then he comes back with Dallas Clark. So he's sitting with no wide receivers for three rounds. Um, wow. Yeah, kind of kind of scary. Um, yeah. New Jersey show with Brandon Jacobs, Peyton Manning coming off the board a little early for Peyton. Man, I'm not taking Peyton in the third. When I got Peyton Manning last year in the fifth at the FFPC. Kevin Smith goes. Usmanzada, there's your guy. Pierre Thomas, the real Leroy, uh, takes Pierre Thomas before Reggie Bush. That's a gutsy pick. Uh, didn't expect that one. And, and then to see Reggie Bush fall to 311. Now, listen, uh, Chris Johnson, Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush, real explosive, a lot of high upside there. Um, you know, you, you, you've got to like what he's putting together. Then, you know, War Kittens finishes up with, with Brandon Marshall. So, he started with Gore, Randy Moss, and Brandon Marshall and Mike at 4-1. He takes Terrell Owens. So Kittens has Gore, Randy Moss, Brandon Marshall, and Terrell Owens. Well, that's a heck of a start. I tell you what, I love, I love the Gore, obviously. Um, man, he's got that, – that, that looks really good, uh, what you're looking at there. Um, I mean, that's going to be tough. What's he going to come back with on on his next pick? Mike, do do we do we have a what what is that what is that sound? Do we have, we have a buzzer meter update?
Robin. I think I think the rest of the chat room can sense it. The buzzer meter has just lifted up about a point and a half in the last ten minutes. <laughs> it's at least a solid seven and a half right now with the points. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. This is red versus blue. Uh, we're talking FFPC Genesis Draft with the FFPC crew in the chat room. We got Wes Welker coming off the board. Very nice pick for Bingers. He's putting together a team. Uh, Quarks brings on Antonio Gates like he talked about. And then Antonio Bryant comes on. Uh, real nice pick for Leroy here. I, I, I thought Antonio Bryant might actually fall. I really thought I had a shot at Antonio Bryant in this draft for my draft spot. And to see Antonio Bryant go, okay, well, you know, that kind of follows along with his draft. He's got Pierre Thomas. He's got a couple of high upside guys there. Uh, Tommy with Thomas Jones, uh, you know, uh, nice, uh, what he considers a safe play. I'm not too sold on that. Uh, 4D with Moreno. Uh, no Sean Moreno coming off the board at 4-5, uh, a little early for Moreno with not knowing how Denver, uh, if they're going to just give it, let him be the bell cow year one. He's got uh, four running backs to start the draft. 4-D starts off with four running backs, Steve Slayton, D'Angelo, Kevin Smith, and no Sean Moreno. And, you know, he ends up actually, we'll, we'll talk about it, but he ends up with a couple of pretty solid wide receivers uh, coming up with his next strategy. Uh, you'll see what happens. But then he comes back with four wide receivers. Um, interesting strategy, and we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Wolfie's big adventure, this is Jules McClain. She comes back with Tony Gonzalez. So, look, she's putting together Tony Gonzalez, Peyton Manning, Andre Johnson, and Marion Barber, Mike. Really nice team, and I like what she's doing. Um, New Jersey show, Scott comes on, and he, and he takes Tim Hightower. Timmy Hightower with the four, uh, what, what is that, the four eight? Mike, that's a little yeah. high for Timmy Hightower. If, if, if I had to That's pick. a little early. When I saw that, you know, Scott, I was, I was kind of surprised uh, for Tim Hightower. I mean, you know, he's, he's been pretty good last year, but, uh, you know, to take him uh, that high when you've got so many other players uh, yeah. that are behind him that uh, you can take, uh, that really surprised me. Yeah, that, that pick gets the official. What about Deshaun Jackson? Did you already mention him? I mean, was he there? No, we're, we're not to him yet, but he is, he's on his way. Then we end up with Marshawn Lynch. Look at the value on Marshawn Lynch at 4-9. Four nine, Team Thompson ends up with Marshawn Lynch. He waited for his RB two, and he doesn't have a wide receiver at this point. But he's got Forte, Marshawn Lynch, Drew Brees, and Dallas Clark. As long as he he takes care of that situation there for the week one or in, uh, uh, for the first couple of weeks, you know you're getting a steal with Marshawn Lynch at four nine. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But uh, you know I'm still questionable about uh, Marshawn Lynch and. Uh, yeah, but he'll be he'll be ready to go, and uh, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, you know, I I wouldn't uh, I would secure a I don't know. This is just my take. I secure a running back, a wide receiver, and let's move on. Well, Team Thompson now is sitting with uh, two running backs, a, a tight end, and a quarterback, and no wide receivers. Uh, he Oof. finishes up and he grabs Deshaun Jackson in the fifth. We'll talk. That's his wide receiver one. Whipping Post comes up with uh, Ronnie Brown uh, at 410 to go with Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson, and Anquan Bolden. And then, uh, so I'm sitting on the clock, and I'm looking at my options. And, uh, you know, this is the FFPC. Uh, this is the draft where uh, 
you've, you've got to look at the true value of the tight ends, and uh, King Genesis is on the clock. And so, Mike, I'm looking on the clock, man, and you know what? I don't want Joseph to die. I, I don't want – I've already had my two running backs secured. I'm looking at a wide receiver. There's one wide receiver staring at me, Mike, uh, and it's Braylon Edwards. And I'm like, man, I this guy – this is the guy I talked to Dave about before the draft. I'm like, this is the oh. guy that if you look at him on your team, you're looking at him, you're like, oh, geez, why did I do that? But at five in the fourth – the end of the fourth round here, he's sitting here at 4-11. Are you sure you want to take that chance? Oh, you know, I, he's one of those guys, he, he's feast or famine, man. Is he going to come back? What about and, Antonio and Holmes? <laughs> anyway, I take Owen Daniels, man. This is the FFPC draft. It's 4-11. I'm on the clock, and I need a tight end uh, in this format. I'm very high on the tight ends. This is what did it for me last year. I had Dallas Clark in this format. I had John Carlson. And I had Kellen Winslow. And, and you know, those are the guys that um, at one and a half points per catch can really make a difference. And Owen Daniels is a guy that caught 70 balls last year. If Matt Schaub is healthy, and, and, you know, he's, and, and he's going to continue there uh, playing that way, then I'm going to take Owen Daniels. I, I passed over Chris Cooley for Owen Daniels. And, I, and after I did that, I'm like, man, that was tough. I, the only reason I did that was because I had Clinton Portis already. And, and I passed over him. But – but both, both those guys. You can get another tight end in, in your next round, couldn't you? Well, that's that's the key, the FFPC. You can start up to three tight ends. You can start up to three tight ends. And, and so <laughs> I, in this format, every draft that I see out of the FFPC, every draft is a little different because everybody's trying their own strategy. And, uh, you know, I'll take Owen Daniels. I'll take Owen Daniels. I'm, I'm still waiting on my wide receiver two. But, Mike, what's the difference between your wide receiver two and your tight end one when your tight end one is catching 105 balls. If Owen yeah, well, catches 70 balls, he's got 105 balls. Yeah, I know. Uh, it just, uh, the way I look at it, I look at tight ends a little bit different than maybe uh, most of you do. I don't really put much stock in, even though I got Jason Witten and uh, the Sante Sancho, that may be one you might want to wait on, Scott. You might want to wait on Sciacco. Uh But, I, I look at wide uh, receivers so much uh, more than I do tight ends because unless you have that dream tight end and that dream tight end is going to be Witten. Well, there's also one guy in this draft that I told uh, everybody before the, the draft, I said there's going to be one guy when, when that's picked in this draft that after his name is called, everybody is going to feel a, just a, a dagger in their stomach, Mike, in this format. And he's a guy that I wanted in the in the fifth round, and Chef Paul is staring at him in the face, and I, he, I, he's within my clutches, and he takes him, and it's Greg Olson. Greg Olson is the guy that in this format I knew, I knew that uh, there was just everybody along or in the league. Once his name was called, they're going to say, "Dang it, he went too early for me." <laughs> wow. Yep. So he went five wow. one. Um, and and so okay, you know what? I miss out on Greg Olson, but you know what? Chris Cooley's still sitting there, an eighty catch guy. So again, do the math in FFPC. That's one hundred and twenty five catches. Uh, you know, even with his receptions, I mean, you're, you're getting another you're getting another forty points out of that. That's roughly another six touchdowns, right? 
For another yep. 40 points, it's another six touchdowns. So now, would you take an 80-catch, 850-yard, six-touchdown type of wide receiver here? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Chuck, uh, Chris Cooley, he's been steady every year, ever since I've been doing this with you and ever since I've been uh, uh, tracking fantasy football. You can always rely on Chris Cooley to be – well, he's going to get a touchdown. What, how many touchdowns did he have last year? I mean, he, yeah. He, bottom yeah, he, line, he, he's going to be in the mix a, of the game. Well, make he, he's happen. not a – He's not a touchdown guy, but, again, by the math that I just gave you, with an extra 40 points due to his receptions, he's an yeah. 8,806 type of guy. Braylon Edwards yeah. is staring at me in the face, okay? Braylon Edwards is there, and he's, he had 55 for 802 last year. Now, he has a, he has a lot of upside. Uh, obviously, if he can get his crap together, you know, he can, he can be that type of player. But why take that when, when there's very little risk uh, with Braylon Edwards? Now, you know, he looks like a great wide receiver, too, there, but – I'll take a tight end, too, that's inserted in my lineup every single week that I know is going to get me, you know, roughly 120 reception value at the end of the year. Do you have a quarterback so, yet? No, no quarterback. And, you know, I really wasn't going to target a quarterback early, but come up with the sixth round, and, uh, and, and we ended up doing it. But let's look at some other picks first. We've got uh, Braylon Edwards, Deshaun Jackson off the board. Tony Romo is uh, off in the fifth round. Jonathan Stewart comes off. Um, Eddie Royal, finally, 4-D, with four running backs, starts off his wide receiver trend. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and advance rather than going through the rounds because we're, we're getting – we've got 20 minutes left in the show. Uh, Eddie Royal, Vincent Jackson, Derek Mason, Donnie Avery. Mike, he waited on his wide receivers till the fifth round. Again, he started off with Slayton, D-Will, Kevin Smith, and Moreno. Then he comes back and he just fires away at wide receivers with Royal – not sure what we're going to see, but it probably a, 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 another fantastic year for Royal. Vincent Jackson, Derek Mason, and Donnie Avery. Put together a really solid four wide receivers when Donnie Avery is your four. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds, it sounds real good with his uh, running back core. Uh, Eddie Royal, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Eddie Royal and the new system uh, that Josh, Josh McDaniels has going on. Uh, I think he'll be solid. Uh, but it it's it sounds kind of risky, but he he needs to uh, he needs to go shore up a, uh, a quarterback, in my opinion. Well, I think we all do. I think we're all looking at this draft and saying, okay, I don't know where we're going to get our quarterback, but it, we're we're going to get it because they're dropping. Like, I mean, they're just dropping round after round. Um, you know, let's look uh, here at the rest of this the rest of this fifth round. Everybody. Roy Williams, Chad Johnson, Anthony Gonzalez was another name that I was kind of crossing my fingers, maybe hoping he would come back and I could take him as my number two. Uh, I even considered him at 5-2. Uh, Anthony Gonzalez was a guy I considered at 5-2 as my wide receiver, too. But, again, I look and the numbers, the math just really takes over for me, and I'm just like, okay, I'm, 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 not, take, I'm not picking with my heart here. I'm picking with the scoring system. The scoring system dictates I take Chris Cooley. So, Anyway, Winslow's there. I, he was too risky for me. Larry Johnson goes. Kurt Warner. Uh, look, look at Kittens now. Gore, Moss, Marshall, and Owens. He ends up with Larry Johnson and Kurt Warner. A little bit of age tandem there. But, you know, guys, Larry's on his 30 and Kurt's on his last years. Um, Don't matter about age when you're in regress. Four of his six picks here are very, very old. And, and, you know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Larry Johnson, Kurt Warner, 
A lot of veterans, though, and and I don't know what he's got there uh, in Larry Johnson. We'll have to we'll have to see. Um, you know what, Scott? That, I was going to ask you about. Really uh, together. I was going to ask you about Kurt Warner because uh, I hadn't heard of that name, and you know, do you think that that Arizona team can uh, put something together? Uh, the special thing that they did last year and continue to move on, uh, just like what they did last year. I mean, Kurt Warner, he put up in crazy stats uh fantasy football wise and uh you're talking about a redraft league for one year so i don't i, I don't blame the guy one bit at all for taking cut warner and continuing to move forward well uh let, let, let's let's look at some other things here uh another another pick that really burned me was chef paul again uh right at the turn man it's like he was looking off my cheat sheet Frank Olsen. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall was a guy that I I didn't know was going to go that early, but I think a little bit of Pittsburgh love took over uh, in the, in that, and uh, he ended up grabbing Rashard Mendenhall from me. I, I, I was still of the mindset that I'm going to grab four running backs here, and, and Mendenhall is a guy that I think could easily be starting the second half of the season, if not sooner, uh, over Willie Parker. So I think he got tremendous value with uh, Rashard Mendenhall in the ninth. Um, and, you know, at that point, I'm taking – you asked me if I had a quarterback. In the sixth round, uh, I'm looking at Phillip Rivers still there. And, you know, with a 4,000-yard quarterback uh, with, the, with the weapons that he has and the value that he is, um, I went ahead and secured Phillip Rivers before because uh, I, I kind of felt like there would be a, a couple of quarterbacks go. And they, and they really didn't. They did, everybody just kind of chilled and said, hey, I'm waiting on my quarterback. Uh, if I had waited, I could have still could have still grabbed somebody, you know, along the lines of Matt Castle or something like that. But I, I think there's a lot of value in having a, a quarterback like Philip Rivers on your team in the sixth when other teams are paying third round price for Peyton Rant for Peyton Manning. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can wait on it. You can wait, 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 and wait. Uh, but the one thing about it is, you better catch it. You better catch it, whether it's in uh, round six, round seven. Uh, you better make sure that uh, you know what you're doing and uh, grab that uh, quarterback that's, that's going to be there with you and be with you throughout the entire year because uh, there's no turning back. after you want, Once you grab that quarterback, there's no turning back. So do you want to get it in five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe wait and uh, find uh, lightning in a bottle? So, so I don't know. Well, Mike, this is a this is a league I really wanted to win. I'd like to defend my title in this, and so I'm sitting here with uh, Turner and Portis, Colston, Daniels, and Cooley, and Rivers, and I and I need a wide receiver too. And you know, there's a couple of names here coming up: Torrey Holt, Hines Ward, Lavernius Coles. Lavernius Coles was the one that really was was picking at me, like, okay, you might want to take Coles here. Uh, and at the end of the day, I, I took Torrey Holt. He obviously had a terrible year by all accounts, nothing to brag about. It was just one of those years that said, man, did he age that fast? Um, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say with a new new offense, a new quarterback, maybe he gets a little bit of new life and, and he really hits the gym and, and, and stays in shape. It's not like the guy's crippled. It's not like he's ready for the, you know, right. for the geriatric farm here. This is still Torrey Holt. And does new life and new surroundings help him get back on top of where he needs to be? I can't take hold. I can't take hold in that situation because uh, how many receptions are you going to get and how many touchdowns are you going to get? Uh, when it come, comes time for the red zone, uh, when they're inside the 30, 20, are, are they going to go to hope? No, I don't think so. 
So what's your other, your other two options? Uh, Lavernius Coles or uh, Heinz Ward. Oh, Coles this is, sounds this good is what to you me. Get. This is what you get in the seventh round, okay? You're waiting for your. You're waiting in the seventh round. I mean, Lee Evans is there. Uh, <laughs> you know, Donnie Avery's there. I'm looking at maybe Donnie Avery, maybe Jericho Cotri. Cotri, I take Cotri before any of them. Yeah, but you know what? That's a new. That's a quarterback situation. I don't know what the coach is going to decide to do. If, if, if it's Kellen Clemens, if it's Kellen Clemens, we're in, we're in big trouble. Look. Holt just two years ago was a 93 catch guy. I mean, he, he was always in the 90s there for years. Seven, eight touchdown type guy. He's and 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 Mark Bolger, um, you know, David Gerard. Obviously, they're in the same kind of ballpark league there. They've got a good running game in MJD. I, I just think that Holt can can carry his own, especially on a new team. I think he's going to surprise a lot. And in a seventh round, I, obviously, he I'd, I'd feel a lot better if he was my wide receiver three or four. But in this format, I, you know what? I only need to start two every week. I'm, I'm going to start my. Uh, you know, two to three every week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start my, uh, my tight ends and gonna start my. Running I know, back. but I, w- I would not take hope. That's just well, me. Uh, if, if I'm gonna put any red mark on my draft, it's gonna be Tory Holt. It's gonna be the, uh, my worst pick of the draft. If I have to come back and look at it and say what, what caused me to lose, I'll go ahead and predict that it would be the Tory Holt pick. I mean, um, Scott, how many, how many touchdowns is he gonna get a year? Oh, six or seven. How many times are you gonna start him? Well, as my hey, he's the only he's the only second quarter uh, wide receiver I've drafted this so far in the seventh round. So my other wide receivers I started with, every time. Yeah, so I started off with Kevin. I finished up with Kevin Walter. Uh, okay. I finished up in the thirteenth round with probably my favorite one of my favorite picks, Earl Bennett, in the thirteenth round. Jay Cutler's going to look for a target. And I know you're high on Earl Bennett. I'm very high on Earl Bennett. Uh, just with the mere fact that they they've they've you know they're familiar with each other and Devin Hester, you know I I, I think Cutler's going to be I think in the ball. Better value. Like oh. Say again. I, I I said I think you can get better value other than Hope. You can get somebody else out there that's better than Hope. Yeah. So so then we you know we 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 came on and grabbed Austin Collie, uh, a, a wide receiver for the Colts possibly a wide receiver three. That these are upside guys. I'm looking for upside guys to kind of make up for that lack of wide receiver, uh, because obviously if Reggie Wayne or Gonzalez goes down, you know what this Austin Collie kid could step right into the wide receiver two role for Peyton Manning. I picked up Patrick Creighton again, another Romo target. Just somebody that you know if if there's an injury there, Roy Williams, Patrick Creighton, Austin Miles, one of those guys. You know, uh, very unpredictable, but presents, you know, upside in the right situation. Uh, I picked up Kenny Britt for Tennessee, the rookie that uh, is already turning heads uh, with just the first couple of days uh, of camp going on. And uh, threw out a David Patton, you know, in, in Cleveland. Just just guys that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I need to load up at wide receiver to make sure that I have plenty of options when this, when this draft uh, finishes up. And I, and I think I ended up finishing up with uh, eight wide receivers, Mike, just to, to make up for that, make up for that um, that slow start at wideout. But um, my running back shaped up nice. I took Felix Jones in the eighth. I was very happy about Felix Jones. And then Good I took Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah, I took Felix Jones in the eighth and Ahmad Bradshaw in the tenth. And here's the thing about those two guys: you've got strong running attacks in New York and in Dallas. And regardless if there's injuries, even if there's no injuries in Dallas or New York, you're still going to have – these are the types of guys that can start for you week in and week out, 
and still get you a decent game, even as an RB2 on, this, on that team. Jacobs is well, going to carry and, more than and, 250, 260 times uh, if he's healthy. And they carry another thing, for I, the time I, last year. Both, both, both those backs, uh, they are put into situations to where they have the nose for the end zone. And uh, that's what you want. That, that's what you want. You want to have a back that's going to have a nose for the end zone, and both those backs, uh, they're put into that situation to where, hey, you know, punch it in, six points. Let's be done with it. 347-324-5404 is the number. We are breaking down the FFPC Genesis draft. Uh, Mike, that's basically my team. I finished up with Kyle Orton. I did secure um, Michael Turner with Darius Norwood, and I have talked to a couple people about the draft, and they seem to like the Norwood pick uh, and, and ensuring that I back him up with Turner. I was kind of afraid that I, I might get sniped uh, there at the end, but uh, grabbing Ahmad Bradshaw and Jarius Norwood at that 10-11 turn, I was feeling pretty good about that. Uh, I also grabbed the San Diego Charger defense. Uh, there were several defenses already off the board, the Vikings, the Steelers, and, you know, I, I'm looking at, at – uh, the Eagles left, the Ravens are gone, the Jets are gone, and I'm like, man, this is the Chargers. Um, this is the same Chargers defense that, oh. that when, when when they're clicking on all cylinders, they're going to be very difficult and, and score a lot this is something I want, I've, I've been wanting to ask you about, Scott, and uh, as far as kick, well, kickers, defense, especially defense, uh, when in a redraft league, when do you think uh, is the best time to pull that plug on a defense? You're, you're getting ready to pick a defense. When do you pull that plug? You have you have your wide receiver three. You have a running back three just sitting and waiting. Do you go ahead and do it, or do you hit that wide receiver three, running back three? Well, the the, the thing was the only reason I drafted the Chargers earlier was because of Sean Merriman, and, and, and with him being back, it reminds me of when Chicago um, had Mike Brown out for the season, and he was the heart and soul back there. And when he came back, they, they vaulted back up to number one spot again. And so I usually do wait on my defense. Um, but in this draft, I'm in the 16th, league, 16th round with a premier defense, a defense that I consider that has number one upside. That you really don't have to play matchups with. You can throw them in every week. I value that quite a bit. Uh, the Giants were still there, too. I value them as well. And the Bears, uh, 16th, 17th round, you usually don't see uh, defenses there that long, in my opinion. This draft we did, and I just happened to be one of the earlier ones to pick it. But I'm usually I'm usually one of those guys, Mike, that, that I wait, I play matchups, and, and I take one 19th or 20th round, just like I do with my kicker. Um, yeah. I, I wait, and look, in the 19th round, I grab Mason Crosby, okay, the Packers kicker. He's going to put up plenty of points. <laughs> and, and, and you know, yeah, who knows? I mean, you, I, don't, right. I don't like to prognosticate about the kickers, but uh, yeah, anything can happen here. Um, we've only got a few minutes left in the show, Mike, and uh, I just wanted to look around and scan this board if there was anything else that stood out to you. Um, obviously, you know, for Chef Paul, I like what he did with the Greg Olson pick. I think that was a money pick. I love his Richard Mendenhall pick. Nothing, nothing you could really say. Uh, I think we'll do draft grades next week, give it a little bit more time to digest. Um, but um, Whipping Post had a, had a nice team here. Um, just kind of kind of threw, threw together some guys and took stabs. Donald Driver, Heinz Ward, Ronnie Brown, Tom Brady. You know, that's a lot of, a lot of players that, are, that you can throw in and start. And, you know, Anquan Bolden, Adrian Peterson, these are all guys. He took Chris Wells in the sixth, a little early there. 
but uh, got a lot of upside. You know, he's got Michael Crabtree, so you know he's he's taking some shots here uh, at, at some at some players that can that can really make an impact. I think I like the Eddie Royal pick a little bit more. The more I look at that pick, uh, Eddie Royal uh, for 4D, Eddie Royal and Donnie Avery, uh, Eddie Royal in the fifth and Donnie Avery in the eighth. Um, you know, I think that's pretty good value. Waiting on your wide receivers to see him do. Uh, do what he did there, and, and to still get those two guys, along with Vincent Jackson, who's going to continue to get better with Phillip Rivers. Not such a big well, fan of Derek Mason. Scott, you've, been, you, you've been kind of known uh, in our local league to uh, take a take a little uh, take a little risk on rookies. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it works out. Yep. So you never know. I mean, you take a risk and uh, find out. You know, you got it for one year. That's it. Uh, you know, this is a dynasty. You got it for one year, and uh, are they going to make an impact? Uh, it depends on the situation they're put into, and you've been uh, you've been very good about doing that. So, uh, what? Who you're talking about? I mean, they're taking that chance too. It's a chance. It's a big chance when you take the rookies and put them into that situation on your dynasty or on your fantasy football league. Yeah, and I'm not seeing a lot else that, that really stands out. This was a very good draft. There was uh, quarterbacks fell uh, like I expected they would. Um, you know, these aren't guys that are just grabbing their quarterback early. And, and so, you know, we all got good value on our quarterbacks, um, except for that Peyton Manning pick earlier. I, I thought that was a little high for, for Peyton yeah. um, in the third round. I'm not, I'm not spending that pick on Peyton. But uh, to see Steve Breston go up there uh, in the sixth round, these are all guys that were – we're, we're trying to get a feel for how valuable they are going to be by the time this season rolls around. And, uh, you know, Devin Hester up here in the ninth round, Mendenhall, like I mentioned, um, you know, one and a half points per tight end, guys, I, per catch for tight ends, you, you really can't overlook that. And I'll bet you if we, if we do some studies with the FFPC, you'll find that uh, a, a lot of the teams had some top-performing tight ends. And, and, I, and I think we can find a wide receiver to plug in, but I don't think you're going to have those blow-up, out-of-the-blue tight ends this year, um, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't see it. What What do you think it would take to get uh, TJ Husmazada? I'm, I'm going to switch gears on you now, Scott. Uh, TJ Husmazada. I want TJ Husmazada. What would it take? In In what league? Dynasty. Any Any dynasty league. Well, it's 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 if, if you want if you want to go after him in a dynasty league, we we can talk off air. We've got him in the hyperactive league, man. We can make something happen tonight, you know. I, I just that just that just sounds like a game show. I don't I don't want him in two. I want him in three. What's that? I don't want him in two. I want him in three. Oh, War Kitten's bringing up War Kitten's bringing up James Davis, the running back out of Cleveland, as the best rookie pick. Huh. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, that's one of those. Um, I don't know. Jamal Lewis is still there. Is he? Is he? Is he really that? Uh, is he? Is he that type of guy that can that can make something happen out of nothing? Running backs are notorious for. You don't have to be super talented to really get a get a chance to play in in uh, in the running back spot. You 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 can be a an average running back in a decent system and, and put up some points. I didn't even realize he was drafted. To be honest with you, James Davis. I'm looking for him. I don't see where he was drafted. Oh, there he is. Yep, Kittens took him in the 16th round. Okay. He's hoping that he can save uh, he can save that uh, Larry Johnson pick. 
hopefully uh, he's, he's hoping that Larry Johnson uh, pans out as his RB2, but uh, uh, kind of like I'm hoping that uh, Torrey Holt pans out as my uh, wide receiver too. Well, Mike, listen, it was a good draft. It was a lot of fun. FFPC went off without a hitch. VFFPC.com. Uh, is is the website, and uh, we, we highly suggest everybody go check it out. And you can check out the draft. I posted it at redbluesports.blogspot.com, uh, redbluesports.blogspot.com. Mike, you've got 29 seconds left to talk uh, about this Preakness stakes. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> 29 seconds in the Preakness, I don't need 29 seconds. Uh, I've had a, a big time tonight uh, with uh, you, Scott, and the, everybody else uh the Preakness, uh, one thing about it, Rachel Alexandra, the Philly, is going to run against the Colts, and Calvin Burrell is going to ride the Philly instead of mind that bird. All right, we're Thank out you. of time. Red versus blue. Rachel Alexandra. Listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. What up, buddy? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.